Hey everybody, welcome to Renewing the Center. My name is Chris, and I'm just so glad to be with you here today. Uh, today we are actually going to do something a little different from our normal rhythm. Our, our normal rhythm here in the podcast is to pick a, a reading from the Daily Lectionary, which is one of the great treasures of the Anglican Church, and reflect on it. Today, um, we're going to read from the Gospel of Mark, and so this is a, a, a separate reading, a different reading uh, that I felt prompted to to engage because I actually just wrote a sermon on this subject, and I, I think there's some sensitive material here that we need to think about and to engage, and yet uh, we have a lot of resistance. Specifically, this is about the devil. <laughs> so buckle up um, wherever you are, um, on your walk or in your car, or wherever it is that you engage this podcast. We're going to spend the next little bit of time thinking about, uh, and and I hope to articulate a coherent um, rationale for the pr- presence of personal evil. Um, and I'll, I'll, I think it'll become clear as to why uh, that feels important. Um, so I'm going to read from uh, the Gospel of Mark. They went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, he entered the synagogue and taught. They were astounded at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority, not as the scribes. Just then, there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit, throwing him into convulsions and crying with a loud voice, came out of him. And all were amazed, and they kept on asking one another, What is this, a new teaching with authority? He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. At once, his fame began to spread throughout the surrounding region of the Galilee. Father, I pray that you would give us grace to think about something that we need to think about, Lord, but we also acknowledge at the same time that it's hard for us to to think about what what the enemy would be um, if we even have one. And so, Lord, I pray that you would help us to take Jesus seriously, Uh, Lord, to take this text seriously uh, and not dismiss it, not put it away, Lord, but to hold it for what it's meant to be, which is uh, an illuminating moment to help us even see our own lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I I know where where your struggle is uh, because I think we all have the same struggle. We, We read a passage like this and we think, ugh devils, convulsions, um, what in the world? And so a lot of times, uh, if you're a Christian and you don't want to just discount or throw away the words of the Bible, we just sort of skim right through these passages. Or we say something like, well, that was just something very unique to the moment, and that kind of thing isn't, it isn't here today for us. And a lot of the reason for that is that when we imagine the enemy, the devil, um, many of us imagine a cartoon character. We imagine a little red horned fork tongue creature with a pitchfork. Um, and we think if I can't believe in that, like a little cartoonish devil, then I can't believe in the devil. Uh, and then what we do oftentimes is we just want to explain, oh, the ancients uh, just didn't know what we know now. Um, they, 
they were just seeing people with um, mental mental illnesses or physical ailments, and they were assigning to them something demonic. And um, I just want to challenge what what's called chronological bias. And chronological bias is just essentially this thought that we live in the modern world and that we know more than everybody else knew. And so then people in the, in the past and, you know, chronological bias can become really dangerous. I mean, it can be like people five years ago don't know anything. We now know everything. It certainly gets applied to the ancients in, in, in millennia, you know, looking back thousands of years, Jesus lived 2000 years ago. And there are things that we know now from a scientific perspective that our ancient friends did not know. And yet, I would submit to you that they may have known some things about the spiritual world that we have forgotten or lost touch with. Um, so there may be a case in which people knew more then than we know now. Um, and certainly, I know the converse is true. So here's what I want to do. I want to I want to let an Eastern Orthodox theologian, uh, Alexander Schmiemann, I want to let him teach us. Um, Schmiemann's writings, uh, specifically as it relates to the devil uh, in this instance here, have, have been some of the most illuminating for me. Um, I think he makes a really strong argument. Uh, so I'm going to do a lot of reading, actually, uh, but that's fine because we're on a podcast, so um, you'll... Uh, you'll be able to, to, to just hear me say these words without getting bogged down and reading alongside me. Um, just so that we're aware, let me skip through a couple of pages here. Uh, I'm going to read from a book that Schmiemann wrote about baptism, actually, called Of Water and the Spirit, a liturgy, um, a liturgical study of baptism. He wrote this book in 1974, so a year before I was born. Um, and let, let's just hold Schmiemann's words, and then I'll, I'll share a couple of things here at the end. The church has always had the experience of the demonic, has always, in plain words, known the devil. If this direct knowledge has not resulted in a neat and orderly doctrine, it's because of the difficulty, if not the impossibility, rationally to define the irrational. And the demonic, and more generally, evil, are precisely the reality of the irrational. Some theologians and philosophers, in an attempt to explain and thus to rationalize the experience and existence of evil, have explained it as an absence, the absence of good. They compared it, for example, to darkness, which is nothing but the absence of light and which is dispelled when light appears. Such, however, is certainly not the understanding of evil in the Bible and in the experience of the church. Here, evil is most emphatically not a mere absence. It is precisely a presence, the presence of something dark, irrational, and very real, although the origin of that presence may not be clear and immediately understandable. Thus, hatred is not a simple absence of love. It is the presence of a dark power which can indeed be extremely active, clever, and even creative. And it is certainly not the result of ignorance. We may know and hate. The more some men knew Christ, the more they saw his light and his goodness, the more they hated him. This experience of evil as an irrational power is something which truly takes possession of us and directs our acts has always been the experience of the church and the experience of all of those who try, be it only a little, to better themselves, to oppose nature in themselves, to ascend to a more spiritual life. We, What Schmiemann is saying there is we feel that resistance in our bones the minute we want to grow. Our first affirmation, then, is that there exists a demonic reality, evil as a dark power, 
as presence and not only absence, but we may go further. For just as there can be no love outside the lover, i.e. a person who loves, there can be no hatred outside the hater, i.e. a person that hates. And if the story, ultimate mystery of goodness lies in a person, the person of Jesus, the ultimate mystery of evil is also a personal one. Behind the dark and irrational presence of evil, there must be a person or persons. I'm going to hit pause for a second on Shmiman's reading, and I, I would just say this. I remember in the aftermath of the Rwandan genocide, people saying, well, that was just politics. It was just, um, you know, systems gone wrong. And to that, I would just say there were politics involved in the Rwandan genocide. Of course, uh, there were systems that had gone wrong. And yet, one of our Rwandan friends who is a bishop in Kigali said it was as if the devil of hell himself were wandering the streets of Kigali during that fateful summer. I mean, y'all, a million people were killed in 90 days. That's not politics gone wrong. That That's neighbor killing neighbor. Uh, there were Anglican priests, of which I am one, um, who invited people to their church and then locked the doors and set the church on fire. I mean, this was something boldly irrational and, I would say, connected to Shmiman, personal, creative, clever, active. People influenced by the enemy end up doing, saying things that are sometimes atrocious, devastating, think Hitler think Rwandan genocide. And yet Schmiemann actually notes something really important. There's also just the reality that when we endeavor to grow and experience resistance or um, a kind of uh, unexplainable distraction to keep us from doing the very thing that we would do that would make us better, Schmiemann would say that's actually also the enemy, that we have an adversary, a resistor that is opposed to our own growth, our own healing. So what I'm trying to get you to see is that the devil doesn't just do Rwanda. Uh, the devil also, according to the teaching of the church, and I believe the wisdom of the scripture, um, tries to undermine your growth. And that doesn't mean that you need to then become obsessed with or fixated or superstitious. I mean, that would be the to take the bait on the low-hanging fruit of a kind of caricature or a cartoonish figure. And yet I think the error on the other side is just as destructive to ignore the reality that we have an adversary. I mean, imagine that you had a neighbor who was actively... Um, sowing weeds in your garden and stealing your trash can to ignore the fact that that was actually happening, that there were frustrating adversarial actions being taken to ignore that would be naive. It would be to wake up every day and say, well, dang, my trash can's gone again. I just don't understand why. If someone is actively doing something to undermine you, an awareness of it actually doesn't net out or have to net out to superstition or to paranoia or to obsession. It actually just opens up our eyes to the fact that, oh yeah, there's something going on here. I would submit to you that in your life and in the life of those around you, there is an adversary, uh, something going on. And we don't have to be fixated in order to just simply be aware. So I'm going to let Shmiman continue to teach us. Behind the dark and irrational presence of evil, there must be a person or persons. 
The scriptures teach of an initial rebellion against God within the spiritual world created by God among angels that led to that rebellion in pride. The origin of evil is viewed here as ignorance and imperfection, not as ignorance and, um, and imperfection, but on the contrary, as a knowledge and a degree of perfection which makes the temptation of pride possible. Now listen to Shmiman here. This is really important. Whoever he is, the devil is among the very first and best creatures of God. He is, so to speak, perfect enough, wise enough, powerful enough, one can almost say divine enough, to know God and not surrender to him, to know him and yet opt to go against him, to desire freedom from him. But since this freedom is impossible in the love and light, which always lead to God and to a free surrender, it must of necessity be fulfilled in negation hatred, and rebellion. If there is one thing we learn from spiritual experience, it is that evil is not to be explained, but faced and fought. This is the way God dealt with evil. He did not explain it. He sent his only begotten son to be crucified by all the powers of evil so as to destroy them by his love, faith, and obedience. Ha! Ah, amazing. Evil I'm trying to explain it to you right now. But if Shmiman is right, and I believe that he is, evil is not just to be explained, it's to be fought. And Jesus has made a way for us to experience deliverance from evil. Just like in Mark 1, when Jesus rebuked the enemy, there's something so beautiful there. There's a man who's oppressed by the enemy, a man who, let's be candid, y'all, um, was probably much like Legion, the other demoniac that Jesus encountered, a man who had lost all of his connections, all of his associations, who could not work, who had been marginalized from society. He'd been plundered. And so when Jesus rebukes the devil, he's not rebuking the man. He's actually separating an image-bearing child of God from the forces of evil. And in the process, he restores the man back to life. He isn't just dealing with the devil. He's giving a man his life back. Now, you are probably not today um, thinking, you know, I'm possessed by the devil. I would say that if you do suspect that, uh, that there are demonic forces at play in you that net out in dark compulsions and a kind of drivenness to do certain things that are damaging, harmful, even wicked, um, it would be important for you to reach out to someone you trust who knows how to pray exorcism. I know you guys think it maybe sounds wild coming out of my mouth, but I've prayed for countless people to be set free from uh, demonic oppression. I think it's actually part of our job as the priesthood of all believers to pray in Jesus' name that people would be free. We see it over and over and over in the Bible. If you are near me, reach out to me. I'd love to sit down and pray if you suspect something dark is happening. But if you live somewhere else, I mean, the Roman Catholic Church, um, Anglican churches, uh, I have friends all over across denominations who would love to be able to connect and pray. I would just encourage you to be bold. But let's say your situation's not as acute as that. I would love to ask you, where do you feel like you might be plundered? You might be being plundered right now by the enemy, short of taking over a life. Uh, if Shmiman is right, and I think he is, we experience resistance and oppression each and every day because we have an adversary, an enemy of our souls. And y'all, awareness is really important. Where, 
where's your, where are the edges of your life being nicked at? The way to start is to be aware. Oh, maybe it's not just things being hard. Maybe you are being opposed by the enemy. That's, that's what Jesus would, would say. Um, so if you know that, then the first thing to do is to pray in Jesus' name for protection. I pray almost every single day for protection. I'm not obsessed with the devil or demons, and yet I'm also not ignorant to the fact that we are spiritual beings living in a spiritual universe made by God and that there are forces that are for us, God, his angels, and there are forces arrayed against us the devil and his legions. That's just the worldview of the scripture. It's my conviction that you can be educated, rational, um, a person committed to learning and thinking and still believe these things. And I would just ask you to look at some of the darker episodes and think maybe the best way to explain that, the abuse of children, um, acts of atrocity, Let's go really bold, really big, really dramatic, and ask yourself the question, could it be that the existence of evil, of the devil, would be the best way to explain some of those instincts or those events or those atrocities? And then walk it back and wonder, well, if it's true that I could be resisted, opposed, might I not look to Jesus? I love the way Shemiman ends it, and I'm going to read it again. He says, if there is one thing we learn from spiritual experience, it is that evil is not to be explained, but faced and fought. This is the way God dealt with evil. He did not explain it. He sent his only begotten son to be crucified by all the powers of evil so as to destroy them by his love, faith, and obedience. So when I sense that I'm being opposed or resisted and that there may be something spiritual afoot, I just say, I place Jesus the finished work of your cross between me and whatever enemy would oppose me. And I just seek shelter in the cross, in the finished work of Jesus. And I pray that you would do the same. God bless you. Go in peace. Thank you for giving me a hearing today. Amen. Amen.